you have your Bible with you this morning, or your electronic device with you this morning, come on. Where we have been in the book of First Peter. We've been in chapter four for a while. We're going to finish chapter four today. Everybody, yay! We're finally going to move on to chapter five next week. Uh, so open your Bibles with us to First Peter chapter four, beginning with verse twelve. Beginning with verse twelve, we titled. We titled this message, uh, Prepare Your Heart for Persecution. So we'd like the title slide up there, please. Now I know it may not seem like it's a real happy sounding title, Preparing Your Heart for Persecution, but looking around at the world today, and the state of the world today, the day and time we live in, we really do feel like this is a necessary mm-hmm. uh, message to bring up, and it actually fits, it dovetails right into 1 Peter chapter 4, the verses that we'll be reading about. And so this is not a message about fear, because sometimes you could go, prepare your heart for persecution, ah, oh, like what's going to happen? It's not a message about to, be, to put somebody in fear, but it's preparation and awareness. Amen. You know, if, we, if we're preparing and aware now, yeah. you know, it's going to make you and I stronger to stand up for truth, to stand with Jesus, to stand for Jesus in the days ahead. And your faith, your faith and strength in Christ is going to give other people hope. That's because there'll be people looking around going, what is happening in the world? I'm sure there's been conversations like this in your life. I don't know how, you'd have to be living in a cave or on the ground somewhere to not look at the world and go, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so our faith and strength in Christ as Christians is meant to give people hope in where to look for direction, to lead them to a relationship yes. and to salvation and to the hope that we, we have in Christ. And so let, let's just pray before we open up and read the Word of God. Father, we thank you for our opportunity to gather together, Lord, in peace mm. around your Word. We thank you that we have Bibles that we could read the word of God. You say, forever your word is settled in heaven. Yes. And heaven and earth will actually pass away. You're going to make a new heaven and a new earth, but your word will never pass away. So how important it is for us to know you through your word. Help us, Lord. I pray you put a hunger and thirst inside mm. of each one of us. The thirst for righteousness, the thirst for truth, to want to know you. And help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be, to stand in faith and yes. lead others into your love and to salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's, we're going to just begin by refreshing ourselves about the book of 1 Peter. The basic theme of the book of 1 Peter is it's a book that the, the Apostle Peter, he's one of the 12 apostles of Christ, one of the original 12. He wrote this letter inspired by the Holy Spirit to give the early church that was scattered because of persecution, to give them encouragement yes. for the day and time they were living in. Because they were experiencing serious persecution. We talked some about that. I mean, these, they were using Christians for entertainment, throwing them into the Colosseum, into a lion's den to be just brutally tortured, yes. eaten, and laughed at. It was done for entertainment. And so he's writing this letter to give them a perspective about life and about what is really important and, and to have a living hope beyond this life. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting that persecution that they suffered in that day, the hope was that it would squelch and shut down and silence Christianity. But it did just the opposite. 
Yeah. Persecution actually worked to have people stand up in a greater way for what they believed. And I think it confounded the minds of the, the Romans. It was like, what are you people? You would die for your faith? You would consider it an honor to die for your faith? And so when it actually helped the word of God to spread. And here we are today. Yes. All right? Still preaching the word of God. And the Roman Empire is not. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so he's writing this letter. We saw this in the first few chapters. He's reminding them that you're a sojourner. He uses the word, we're aliens. Like a sojourner is somebody just passing through, a stranger, and you know, someone in a strange land, that our home citizenship is actually in heaven. And he reminds them of that, that you have a great inheritance in heaven laid up for you. Yeah. So, like, don't give up. Don't look at these trousers like this is the end of the world. But yet Peter, at the same time he's saying this, like, you have a treasure laid up in heaven. This world is not your home. He wasn't also saying, well, just wait this out, everybody. Hunker down. Get into your bunker. Get your freeze-dried food. Get your 5,000 rounds of ammo and just... disappear and wait until jesus appears in the clouds no he was not saying that he was he tells us in these chapters fervently love one another use your gifts it's amazing that he's saying use your gifts to serve one another and use them to the best of your ability like don't give up and just say oh if the end's coming so what No, that we are here to strengthen the church, to do the work the church is called to do in the last days, Yes, to build up the body of Christ, to spread the word, the gospel. So he's saying, don't let the trials that you're experiencing defeat you, but allow God to use them. He he says this several times, he's going to say it in this chapter too, to purify your heart and to refine your heart for what's really important, to help you to trust and lean into Jesus in your trials Mm -hmm. because the way we respond to persecution and to people who hate Christian values and want to persecute us it it matters yes it does don't return he says evil for evil insult for insult railing for railing it's easy to do isn't it just go on social media (laughs) (laughs) he says "But, but return blessing yeah there we are this is how we prepare our heart for persecution, to, to take a stand for our faith, but in love with people, to continue to do good in front of them, not evil for evil. He, he admonishes us several times to live a holy life in front of the world. And so let's just begin to read. We'll begin to read verse 12. I gave you enough time to get there, I think. <laughs> Verse 12, beloved, don't be amazed and bewildered at the fiery trial, which is taking place to test your quality, as though something strange were befalling you. Mm. But insofar as you're sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice so that when his glory is revealed, you may also rejoice with triumph. Verse 14, if you're censured and suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, blessed are you because God's spirit of glory is resting on you. There you go. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or any sort of criminal or as a mischief maker in the affairs of others. But if one is ill-treated and suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but give glory to God that he's deemed worthy to suffer in this name. For the time has arrived for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, 
What will be the end of those who don't respect or believe or obey the good news of the gospel of God? Mm. And if the righteous are barely saved, what will become of the godless and wicked? Therefore, those who are ill-treated and suffer in accordance with God's will must do right and commit their souls to the one who created them and will never fail them. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it would help us. We talk about uh, preparing a heart for persecution. It would help us to be reading about and listening to people's stories around the world who are suffering, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering persecution for their faith. You're not going to read about it here in America. It's happening really all outside of America. And so we can become really sheltered to this whole understanding of the word persecution and what life is really like for our brothers and sisters in Christ in places like Afghanistan or, you know, China, North Korea, right, Libya, Somalia. I mean, just name, you can name, go on and on. Nigeria, Iran. In Iran, Iran ranks ninth in the world for persecution. And, but the, the beauty of this is many, many Iranians are coming to Christ. Yes. It's through the underground church in Iran. They say out of maybe 80 million people in Iran, they estimate that possibly, it's hard to keep track of numbers because it is underground and anybody who leaves Islam faces capital punishment. So it's not as though, yes, I want to tell you that I'm part of the church now. <laughs> but they, they, they feel like possibly a million people have come to Christ through the underground church yes. at this point. Yeah. Now, we're going to show you here in a moment a video that just came out yesterday on Instagram and on Facebook. It's through a ministry called Global Catalytic Ministries. Yes. These, these women that you're going to see are part of the underground part church. Part of the underground church in Iran, and they had a really sobering message to America. And we thought it was it fit into this message, mm-hmm. and so we want to just bring it to you. So let's just watch this video. It's only a couple minutes. <laughs> ما چند وقت پیش سخنرانی رئیس جمهور بایدن رو به کشور آمریکا شنیدیم و دیدیم که خیلی محکم و با عصبانیت مشتش رو گره کرد و گفت که بزرگترین دشمنش توی سیاستش دموکراسی و قانون کشور و آزادی و این چیزها هستن که تهدید میکنن و ما دو سال پیش توی شنیدیم از خدا که جفا وارد کلیسای غرب میشه و همونطوری که شما از رئیس جمهورتون شنیدیم ما هم از دولتمون شنیدیم که گفتن که کلیساهای زیرزمینی بزرگترین تهدید هستن و دشمنشون هستن اما واقعیت اینه که ما همه یک خانواده هستیم و از قانون کشورمون حمایت میکنیم و اون رو رعایت میکنیم مسیح خیلی شفاف و روشن به ما گفت که روزای میاد که دنیا از ما نفرت پیدا میکنه و ما رو میکشن و وقتی این کارو میکنن خودشون فکر میکنن که دارن خدمت میکنن به خدا ما با این تهدید هر روز زندگی میکنیم از طرف روح وحشی اسلام این روح توی این روح اسلام توی آمریکا نیست ولی همین روح روح شریر توی کشورتون هست اون روز میاد که دولت خودتون میگه که شهروندای معمولی برای ما تهدید هستن دوست عزیزم به ما گوش کن آخرین فصل امتحان به زودی داره میاد الان وقتشه که 
کلیسای قلب توی قلبش حل کنیم موجوده و ممکن بایسته برای مسیح برای کسایی که گوش دارن و میشنبن و کسایی که چشم دارن و میبینن و دعای ما برای اونجا فیض خدا و فیض مسیح برای همه شما عزیزم Sobering. Yeah. 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 Sobering. And uh, thankfully, right now, we're not experiencing any kind of uh, persecution as they are, the threat of being tortured or a threat of being thrown in prison or uh, killed for your faith. Uh, but right now, Uh, there's some magazines you can look at. The Voice of the Martyrs is one, and just this, where this came from. It, it, they declare that one in seven Christians, one in seven Christians worldwide, are being imprisoned, tortured, and killed because of their faith. One in seven. We have no idea about these things. Right. And, and we can rejoice for it. You know, We need to be praying, and that's what we do sometimes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are in prison, who are being tortured, who are being beaten. We pray for them, that the Spirit of God, just like it says in what we just read there, that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God's glory would rest upon them, and then we ask that God would open the eyes of the torturers to see the glory of God upon these people. Yeah. But uh, Jesus does say that this is coming. He says uh, that, you know, again, Uh, don't be surprised if the world hates you. It hated me first, and a servant is not above its master. So we've got to understand that uh, this is important for us to settle our hearts. This is a sobering part of Christianity. Uh, we've had it very easy here in the United States. Uh, but, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes that is uh, lulled us to sleep, may I say? And uh, we just take things for granted. Um, Look at verse 14 here once again. You can understand that these, this, what we read in the Bible sometimes doesn't really, what we would think doesn't make sense to us or doesn't apply to us. But when you're in a country that you are being tortured for Christ, these words are alive to you. Yeah. Yeah. This is your reality. Yeah. Yeah. This is your reality. It says, you know, well, thank God we don't find ourselves in similar circumstances. But if we did, where would we be as a church? I mean, this is where you have to settle the issue. Yeah. I mean, you really do. And again, this is not to make you afraid. Like Pastor Mamie says, the way that we go through things is going to be an inspiration for other people who are watching you go through things. And that's what our goal is. We want to inspire other believers to hold tight to the word of God. Yeah. Verse 14, it says, If you're sent and suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, blessed are you because God's spirit of glory is resting upon you. And again, we've, in America, we kind of have an Americanized gospel. We have a sanitized gospel, so to speak, and we don't preach too much about being persecuted. In America, if you're defriended, you consider that persecuted. It's tough. I mean, really, think about our brothers and sisters. Really, it's important. Uh, 
And again, it has lulled the church asleep because everything seems to be going our way. We're in a, a, an abundant a country that really gives abundance. And again, we're in a safe place. Nobody's coming in here that is going to start shooting the place up. Nobody's going to burn the building down. Uh, you know, uh, but it makes yeah. But we have to understand our brothers and sisters are willing to make a strong stance for their faith. And it is unto death what we just listen to those people. But Americans get almost, many people in the church get tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Oh, this seems to be popular. This seems to be popular. You know, we have whole denominations denying the authority of the word of God. Methodist or ordaining gay and transsexual uh, ministers. Uh, Lutherans are offering pride celebration and queer camps for youth. You know, you know, going through it, there's a widespread acceptance of hiding sexual abuse. You know, we, we heard about the Catholic Church issue, and there's also the Southern Baptist issue. There's also the ARC issue. It, it, all about the same thing. Uh, listen, uh, here's the funny thing. 65% of the United States, the United States, 65% claim they're Christians. 65%. Yeah. I think we have that up on PowerPoint. For a... Do we? We'll get it. Yeah, it should be on PowerPoint. That's right. 65% of Americans say they are Christians. Look at what it says there. Only 6% have a true biblical world view and hold their beliefs to be authoritative in their life. 6%. 6%. Here's a really another startling statistic by Barna. It says that only 41% of senior pastors actually hold a biblical worldview. 41%, folks of pastors ready for this it gets worse it really does 12 percent of youth pastors hold a biblical worldview it's almost teaching pastors 13 percent of them so it goes up a little bit 13 percent of teaching pastors teaching the american church do not have a biblical worldview and here's what's so sad Executive pastors, only 4% of executive pastors have a worldview that stands with biblical values. And so now I've got to ask you, how is the American church going to stand up to persecution? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, with these statistics, it's pretty sad. The congregations aren't even hearing what the Bible says. So how are they going to stand up for their belief if they don't even know what they believe? Well, four out of ten, I think that was the other statistic we were reading, four out of ten think Satan is just a symbol right. of evil, but he's not really a spiritual being. Well, that's obviously, you're not, you couldn't possibly be reading the Bible. You wouldn't even understand, why did Paul say, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we do wrestle with principalities, powers. Who are we wrestling with then? <laughs> You know, and Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Who's Satan if there's no Satan? And again, Let's, it goes back, they don't even believe the Holy Spirit is a real entity. It's just some he's symbol. He's symbolic, too, of the 
the goodness of God. It's no wonder we see the corruption growing in the world. But I do believe that the Lord's looking at the church. Yes. Because the church was the one called to be the pillar of truth and stand for truth. And if, if this is infiltrated into the church, such lukewarmness, Jesus warns about the church yeah. in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. You know, Disney. If, have you paid attention to anything with Disney lately? This new family, what was once a family-oriented, safe place to have right. your kid watch a Disney cartoon or a movie or take your kid to Disneyland. They came out with Little Demon. Write it down and Google it and check it out. Check out the trailer of it. A new adult cartoon. It's animated. A show about a woman who mates with Satan, and they produce a daughter who's, called, who's the Antichrist. And the whole thing is revolving around demonic activity. Just, it's, it was, you don't even know what to say when you look at it. You go, Disney putting this out? Yeah. I mean, there are, these are things that 50 years ago you would think would be un, unthinkable. Right. What's getting mass-produced and put out in social media these days, pornography and all the rest. But now America is so secularized and so yeah. accepting of everything, you know, without any sense of God, with any sense of the fear of the Lord. He's been pushed out yep. of government. He's been pushed out of education, business, schools, just... There's no censorship, have you noticed? Unless you stand for the truth. And Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will increase. Look around. We are experiencing volumes of lawlessness right around us. I mean, this country has lost its way. And even the church has lost her yeah. way. And, and look at those statistics we just said. But the church was called to be the pillar and the foundation of truth. Like, let's look at this in 1, Peter, or 1 Timothy 3.15. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. He says, if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, there. the pillar and the foundation of the truth. We have to know the truth to be a pillar and foundation. <laughs> we have to know it and actually believe it. It's not a matter of I know what it says, but to become a pillar is a person and a, a stabilizer. That's what that word means in the yeah. Greek. That word pillar and foundation, they both mean something that stiffens, stabilizes, steadies, or holds. The church is called the ecclesia in Greek. That's a, that's a word that means assembly or of called out ones. Yeah, that's right. We're chosen people by God. We're the ones God intended to put forth the truth and stand for the truth in the world. And the Apostle Paul, all through the epistles, he warns about yes. false apostles, carnal philosophies that are, going to, that are going to sway your mind into what is really the truth, false teachers, people who want to change the meaning of the gospel. What is the gospel? Do we know the gospel? That's a great question. The, the gospel is that we are all sinners. Everyone's born into the earth. We're all sinners. Not one is in good. In need of a savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. Who came to the, this dying world filled with sin to save you and me from eternal death. That was our destiny. 
and offer us forgiveness and offer us adoption into his family Hallelujah. to become his child, to have a plan and purpose for your life, a reason to be in the earth for such a time that you're born into the earth. Our lives, though, it's not just that. Our lives are meant to bear the fruit of that. Come on. Do we have the seed of God on the inside of us, and is it growing and bearing fruit? Because without fruit, you have to question your life. Am I, am, have I ever really given my life to Christ? We don't come to Christ and live any way we want, any way I feel. And that's really the secular culture of the day. Yep. It's how I feel. That's become the God, my feelings, my truth. But the truth of the matter for a Christian is your life, my life, if you're a Christian, belongs to him. Yes. You are not your own. And that means that we're working out our salvation, yeah, to become conformed to his image. Amen. Right? Not the image or lifestyle that, or the pronoun that I decide I am. This is who I am. No, we, we're who God says we are. Yes. And there's this move for what's called progressive Christianity. Pretty I sick. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's, 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 been, it's been moving through so many churches. It's a growing movement that's going to declare that we take the Bible seriously as the Word of God, but we don't always take it literally. I think we have that statement up there for PowerPoint. Progressive Christianity. There we go. Look at that. Read we what it says. They'll say, we take the Bible seriously, which sounds good. Oh, that's great. We do too. <laughs> but not always literally. And that means that I can, I can pull away from the authority of yep. the Scripture to be my guidance for my faith and my actions in my life. That makes all the difference because these progressive churches are really the ones pushing all of the alternative yep. lifestyles. And ordaining people into ministry. I mean, you, you can't even imagine the things that are going on. Drag queen entertainment at church conferences. For anyone's welcome, you know, at the breakout session. Yes. For 12 years, unless you know, your child has to be 12 years and older. What are we talking about? We're talking about Church of Christ. Disciples of Christ is the name of the church. United right. Church of Christ. Google it. Google it and see. San Diego. They'll say this. We seek, I'm going to quote this, we seek community that is inclusive of all people. Well, that sounds good. We do too. But there's, this is, we accept, but we, we're not going to affirm what the Bible says is a sinful lifestyle. We're going to point people to, to freedom in Christ. Yes. Which we still believe is available, contrary to what secular counsel will tell you. Because you can get criminal, you're criminalized in Canada if you try to help somebody with same-sex attraction through the Word of God. Yep. It's criminal. You go into jail. We have to become aware of what's happening because it's happening in our country too. It's happening here. This is why we say prepare your heart for persecution. This is one of their eight beliefs that they have on their website. Seek com we seek community that's inclusive of all people. We affirm the teachings of Jesus. Pro we affirm that the teachings of Jesus provide but one of many ways to experience the sacredness and oneness of life. One of so many ways. So that we can draw from diverse sources of wisdom in our spiritual journey. 
That's the United Church of Christ or Disciples of Christ. Jesus See, said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. When scripture is no longer authoritative Come in your now. life for faith and for practice, and we don't believe it's the infallible word of God, we're in trouble. Yeah. We are going to blow with every wind of doctrine that's coming through the earth. And how about this? This is the newly appointed um, HIV yeah. czar over monkey pox in the White House. This is, he's a doctor, and he's appointed to oversee how they deal with monkeypox and other H, things like HIV. Now, I just want you to take a look. His name is Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis. Dr. President Biden appointed him. Yeah, what's on his shirt? That's a satanic it's, symbol. He proudly wears the symbol of the Church of Satan. Look at the next... No, it's no, no. Those aren't those are tattoos, and then they're actually leather pieces that are shaped in a pentagram. If you see that picture closely, put up the next picture. Yeah. Now that symbol is the Baphomet pentagram. Right. Is the official copyrighted symbol of the Church of Satan. And if you go online and read about this man, he runs some kind of gym with his partner, and it is all about pentagrams and satanic things. Like I, I couldn't say he's a member of the Church of Satan, but he, I would say our president appointed a Satanist to run that little part of, of what he has authority over. He doesn't have authority to make laws, anything like that, but he does have authority over how they will treat people with monkeypox and possibly other HIV infections. That's, this is our president. Our president claims to be a Catholic. Uh, our president uh, is the one who is spending hundreds of millions of dollars all over the world to uh, increase abortion. Yeah. Uh, he's, were there other candidates to consider? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were. But I'll tell you what, but, there has, since he's taken office, I don't see any... Anyone that has trumped him in allowing the satanic manifestation of spirits to run through this country. We've seen a release. Yeah. In the last year and a half, we've just seen an incredible release of wicked spirits in every facet of our culture. We have government, yep. media, schools, medicine, homes, neighborhoods. It's like, what is going on? It's yep. a, this is a spiritual war we're in. This is a spiritual war we're in. It is. Should the church be concerned? Are you? We're, are, we're concerned. <laughs> yeah. We're very concerned. Should we be praying? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should our prayer meetings have more people? Yeah. Yes, they yeah. should. If the church, God says that the church is, is the pillar and foundation of the truth. How's the American church doing? It's not doing good. But we have scripture that will help us. Yeah, take a look. At, yeah. at, I don't know if this is on the outline. Yeah, or... it's 2 Timothy 3.16. It says all scripture. This is our base and foundation. All scripture, all scripture. is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Once again, we live in a culture that feelings is their God. Right, yeah. Is their God. It doesn't matter if if you're skilled and you've studied something out. It doesn't matter if you're, quote, unquote, an expert in something. Well, it doesn't matter if you've done all your life studying this thing. I feel this way. I mean, college campuses are all familiar with, like, professors having to announce trigger warnings. Have you heard of this? No? If he's going to speak, he or she's going to speak on a topic that people in the room might find sensitive. Now, how are you going to... Anything can become sensitive. But you have to give a trigger warning. This might trigger you, and then college campuses have safe zones where the students go to where they can process their triggered feelings. (laughs) I mean, it's just... I just think, what? I went to college, I went to university, like I'm thinking... For five years in the 70s, it was a crazy time. Yep. The 70s, coming out of the 60s, (laughs) civil rights, war, rebellion, crazy stuff. But the classroom then was still a place where you could express an idea and have some kind of discussion, have some kind of debate about it. Right. You could banter around your thoughts and ideas like wokeness hadn't awakened, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, God was kicked out of the culture. In the 60s, it prayer was, was removed. Yeah, it was, that's right. And then in the 70s, the, the abortion became a law. Yeah. You know, and the Judeo-Christian values that actually created this country is, was still had a pinning. You know, it, it still had a basis. It still had a basis in the church. It had a basis in the government. It had in business. But then what has happened now? It, it's... It's been destroyed. It's been infiltrated with this mentality, this secular thinking. And it goes back to the point where I believe, well, the church is responsible. Yeah. Church is responsible because we've just decided that I'm going to try to be as popular as I can be. And then I'll gather a, a group to me. You know, look at what's happened in the 50 years. In 50 years, what's happened to this country. Biblical values have been completely forsaken in our government. In mega businesses now. Yeah. Mega businesses, not just banks. mom and pops, banks, yeah, for sure. Science, yeah. Doctors, the medical can't tell now if it's a boy or girl because, well, we don't know. And look at our educational system. <laughs> Feelings have become the god of this world right now. And people are running to him. People are bowing down to him. And how can you have a discussion anymore when my right is changed because yesterday I felt that way, but today I feel this way, so now I can't. It's being blown by every wind of doctrine. And if the church does not get itself on track, there's trouble coming. I mean, we have to prepare our hearts, honestly, for persecution. I pray to God that it does not happen. However, 
this whole world system is taking over really quickly. Right. What will you do in your job if you're forced to use a variety of pronouns and just accept, you know, one day you're looking, calling somebody, I want to be a he, the next day I'm she. And I'm serious, the next day I'm they. And, I'm sub- and where is, that's their truth. Where's my truth? Do I just have to fall into that, what I consider a delusion and confusion? But these are things people are getting called on the carpet and losing their jobs over. This is why persecution, <laughs> that's the kind of persecution we're going to feel. Our jobs, our, our money's going to get in jeopardy here first. Yeah. You're not going to see people thrown into prisons. But we have to make a decision. How do we walk this out in love, but in truth and agree? Am I affirming that in a person's life by agreeing to this? How do I? This is going to be difficult. Yeah. We're, we're facing troubling and confusing and sinful times. And scripture, here's the thing. Scripture will train us, correct us, yes. reprove us. But it's also, God will also give us the needed grace and freedom to walk, you know, in it so that we, a person finds true freedom. And yes. I think that's what is going to be difficult because if they're mandating that you can't talk to somebody scripturally about a same-sex attraction or a transgender, you know, wanting to change their gender, then we're, what are we going to do? Where do you go from there? Pastor John, John, you were talking to some guys from the water company. They're doing the same thing. You can't call them a girl anymore. You can't call them a boy anymore. You can't call them Mr. or Mrs. This is the water company here in this, in this yeah. town. The maternity wards, you're not allowed to use breastfeeding. You have to say chest feeding. You cannot ask. No, these are, yeah, this is the medical. This is why I think, what happened to the medical system? Yeah. I was in it 25 years ago. I was like, what happened to people's minds? It's a birthing person on their application. You're not a mother or a father. This is, these are... I think, well, what, what would I do? I've asked myself that. If I were a nurse, like, could I work in this environment? Am I going to have to walk into this delusion and agree with it and, and use these terms? Or am I going to say, no, it goes against my truth, yeah. which is this truth. Because, and because the see. church of the living God is the pillar and foundation yeah. of the truth. Yeah. And how do we know what God expects of us? If you, if, you don't, if you don't know what this book says, how, how, how in the world are you going to be walking in the truth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem with the American church. You know, you and I, we have to be honestly to a place where we've made the decision, this is the authority of my life. Come what may. Yeah. This is the authority of my life. It is. You have to understand that it's going it, to, Jesus says it could cost you your life. Yeah. We just saw something from Iran. Yeah. These we, people are getting killed yeah. because they refuse to recant their love for Jesus yeah. Christ. And their warning, you have to ask yourself, is that's a prophetic warning. Coming from a persecuted church, they're, they're genuinely concerned about America. Yeah. And us taking heed and going, wake up. I mean, we need to wake up and see what's happening around us. Because it's just like someone dimming lights in a room. 
If, it, if the dimming happens slow enough, you don't really notice. Your eyes keep adjusting, your eyes keep adjusting. You can see, you know, in the dark pretty good. Till somebody flicks on the light, it's like, wow, I've been living <laughs> in the dark. And so we have to recognize that's what's happening. The darkness is just increasing around us. We cannot just go, it's pretty bad. But it's like, Lord, open our eyes to see just how bad it is yes. and, and what, what you what want us to do. What yeah. happens is the church, oh man, we'll agree that our, our sins are forgiven and, and Jesus died for my sin. Absolutely, we'll agree 100% about that. But then when he starts talking to you about your finances, he talks to you about your sexuality. He starts talking to you how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, how you treat your kids. Oh, wait a minute. That's a little overboard, isn't it, God? You and I have to decide. This is what we're going to do. And this is, this, if it costs you your life, that's okay. Because this isn't all there is. Yeah. You know, we've got to, we have to be, and I'll, I'll challenge you here. Look in here to see if we're talking to you about what's in here. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I'm serious. Don't just take well, our word, read and confirm it. Check it out. Be like it. the Bereans yeah. in Acts chapter 17. Well, they received the word of God, all right, but what they did, they went a next step. I want to see if it's in the scripture. Yeah. And then they said, yes. And the Bible commends them. He says, they're more noble than those who were in Thessalonica. (laughs) We, We have the benefit, honestly, listen. We have the benefit of living in a time when I can come on here and punch in some scriptures and find out what it says. Then I can go back in to see other people teach about it. I can go on my phone and say, Lord, I need a word. Uh, I just, what was the verse of the day? Or whatever. You can anchor yourself into the word of God. Today, we have no excuse. Mm-hmm. And the key is, is that those who have been given much, there's requirement of yeah. much. Right. Yeah. We have, to, we have to make a point in your own heart and in your own mind. And this is not about fear. It's about love for Jesus Christ. It's for love for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not fear their death. Didn't fear about it. It's, 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 our brothers and sisters all over the world are being tortured right now because they're strong in their faith. Yeah. I mean, we just read this the other, the other day doing the message in India. Christian, here's, here's, here's a picture of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. In India, a Christian woman watches as her sister is dragged off by Hindu nationalists. She doesn't know now if her sister is dead or alive or will ever see her again. A Christian man in North Korea prison camp is shaken awake after being beaten, unconscious, only to be beaten again. A woman in Nigeria runs for her life, escaping from being kidnapped by Boko Haram. She's pregnant, and when she returns home to her community... They reject her because of her faith and, of course, reject her baby. 
A group of children are laughing and talking as they come down the church sanctuary after eating together. Instantly, many are killed by a bomb blast. It's Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka. So we have to compare our lives with theirs and go, do we even get it? Do we? Let's compare our lives with those people persecuted. I mean, if they can have a bird's eye view of our country and see into our country what we're doing right now, what would they see? They'd see luxury, huge mega churches, right? They'd see big churches, little churches. They'd see air conditioning. They'd see churches that are, are stocked with comfortable seats, heat, indoor plumbing. Bibles. Bibles galore, just like what you <laughs> described. Everywhere. They'd see people be able to drive their car, not have to walk. They'd be driving their car to any church they could choose freely, right? Money, jobs, they had, they'd see beautiful homes. Their refrigerators are full of yeah. good food. Like, wow, these people are so blessed. Incredible. Look what God's given them. Think of what they would see if they looked into America. Gosh, they must be so happy to just join together, gather together and worship as the ecclesia. Yes. But then I think as they gaze longer, they'd be like, what? Like their faces would have to turn to just disappointment and, and dismay, right. looking. Like saddened that the majority of people that are like in the church would be like distracted. They're not even coming. Where are they? They're out on the lake. They're out doing other pleasures, things that are more important. Yeah than on a Sunday, to gather together, too distracted, to come together, gather together to worship the living God. It's inconvenient. And they would ask, yeah, like, why are your churches emptying out? Right. Like, I don't get it. Why are your churches closing? Because they are closing around the United States. When you have so much, why are they closing? I mean, they would see Bibles left unopened. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Gathering dust, if you will, right? Lots and lots of money being spent on other pleasures. Very little given to the kingdom of God. They wouldn't see a person dying for their faith. No, they wouldn't. But in contrast, you know, they'd see people just walking away disinterested. Eh, (laughs) I got other things to do. (laughs) Or just turning to a false gospel. It's like, let's go over here and be who I want to be, right? Make the gospel into something, whatever I want it to be. They'd be like, they have so much. Well, where's the passion and fire? There we go. Where's the willingness, like those women, to die for their faith? Where's I'm, the love of, for Jesus? The love for Jesus, yeah. Well, yeah and, the, and the willingness to give back our life yes. for what he gave to us. See, this is the problem in America. We've had so much. We've been coddled. We've been pampered. So we read these scriptures, and it's like they become meaningless to us. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we might throw a little bit of money towards something, you know, a mission to make ourselves feel better. And that's good. We should give money to missions. That's right. But where's our prayer? Where's our concern? And do we really believe we're going to stand before God one day and give an account for what we did with our time, our talent, and our treasure? We looked at that last week with the parable of the talents. Yeah. Do we believe that? If we believe that everybody should be saying, give me something to do in this church. I'm coming every Sunday, and I want to be a part of this, and I want to see what the Holy Spirit's going to do through this ecclesia here, this gathering of people here. 
You see, look, take a look at this scripture here. Let's go to 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18. And this is really important. We need to take heed to what the Bible actually tells us. 17, it says, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Yeah. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous are scarcely saved, what will become of the godless and the wicked? Yeah. Peter's saying here that God is trying to get a bride ready for his son. He will judge every single one of us. Everyone. He's coming back. The living and the dead. Judge the living and the dead. He's going to ask what we did with the life we gave him, or he gave us. He's, again, it's, believers do not get a free pass in this. The reason we don't believe it is because we don't even hold to our own standards. Uh, you know what? I can get away with this because I'm me. Or you don't have instant judgment. Well, that's the, that would be really fall great. Fall in our life, and so we think, well, it must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the church is supposed to be the pillar of truth to the world. To the world. Are we standing for it? Are we defending it? Or are we just letting the world just blow us by? Keeping us silent. Are we trying to be popular? I'd rather be popular with God. Amen. Amen. I, I want him to know my name. Yeah, yes. I, I don't care if the newspaper knows me. Yeah. I, I don't care if the president knows me. I just want God to know me. Yeah. And, and we, <laughs> I want you to take a look at verse 18 here. I want to clear this up real quick. Verse 18 is really misunderstood. It says if the righteous are scarcely or barely saved... It doesn't mean that your salvation is in question. You better hang on by a thread. That means that you're, you're going through difficulty and trouble, just like our brothers and sisters in Iran, Iraq, Sri Lanka. That means you're, you're going to live out your salvation with fear and trembling, no matter what the cost is going to be. Yeah, that word barely or scarcely is translated difficulty. Difficulty. Like, in other words, if the righteous <clears throat> are saved with difficulty, like they're in a difficult circumstance, look what they're going through. Mm -hmm. Look at the persecution happening in their lives. And what's going to become of the godless and wicked? Because sometimes these people persecuted feel like, you know, they're, it's torture, it's hellish. It is. But what's going to happen to the godless and the wicked if the righteous have to go through this sometimes to be, you know, in their salvation? The Bible declares the first will be last and the last will be first. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And what we, we, we cannot just be, put ourselves in such a cushy place where I don't have to make a stand. I don't have to declare who I believe in. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I saw this in the Bible, but I don't have to do it. This is, this is where we decide this absolutely is true, and I will live my life according to this. I will ask God to help me to do that. Because when it says that he's going to judge the church of God beginning at the church it's not just to punish you 
It isn't to punish. It's to refine our hearts so that we That's will be right. a perfect match for Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. It's that our hearts can be purified. If we become to a place where, oh, yeah, I do see that that's wrong, Lord. Forgive me. Now, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to help me to stand back from that. Walk away from that. Yeah. This is how you do it. It's not like I'm pulling my shoes up and putting bootstraps. I'm never going to do this again. No, you're failed right now. You've got to go and say, Lord, I, you know I'm weak. Yeah. I need your help. And the Holy Spirit will do that. Yeah. And you know where you gain strength? Something supernatural happens when we gather together here at this church. Yeah. It's something that is beyond yeah. what you can and I can right. comprehend. Right. And the Lord did say, the scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day approaching. But that we should encourage and we should spur, be spurring one another on to love and good deeds. This is, you may, you know, if you didn't come here this morning, you would never have heard this message. Maybe you'd never hear it in your life. Right. And you have to ask yourself, what happens then when I miss out on a piece of truth? Do, can, I, can I understand the world sometimes the right way? Did God put this all together so that he gives messages to pastors and people come and we rub elbows and we talk about it and we grow together? This is the nature of the church. Yeah. All of us using our gifts together. But I'm, you, know, you look out at the American church and I think people have decided, I'll take it or leave it. It's my choice. But it's not. And I think this is, this is why we stand here and say, Scripture says, yes. this is not our words. We want you to hear, well done, good and faithful. Yes, servant. absolutely. That's we our... want the best for you. We know God has a plan and purpose for your life. Yes. And we know what can happen when people gather together by the Spirit of God in faith and in unity. That's what we want to build. I know speaking a message like this can often, you think, well, the church is in just such bad shape. What can we do? Well, we don't despair. That's for sure. <laughs> we have these final things here. We don't despair because God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and love and, and a, a sound, sound mind. mind. We have this on PowerPoint. Yeah, we want to stand yeah. for the truth, don't we? Yes. That's how you get known no, by God. No and stand for the truth. That's right. Yeah. It's time to read our Bible. Yeah, come on. Daily. Daily. This is not too hard for you. Daily. I challenge you. Read the word of God daily. It's the spirit of God through Christ, in Christ speaking to you. And if you just let it go, it's like saying to the Lord, I don't really need to hear from you. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. I mean, it's we so need... foolish. It sounds so foolish. Yeah. But that's really what we're saying. It's sitting there. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's like, well, pick it up. Open it or listen to it. Do something. Yeah, listen to it. You can turn it on and listen to it. Yeah. Golly. How easy is that? Yeah. What's happened is we've been so blessed that we've decided that we are the ones who created ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We, it's Deuteronomy chapter 28 warns about that. Yeah. It says when you get blessed, when you start having things come in and your life starts getting easy, don't forget me, he yeah. says. Right. And that's what yeah. America has that's done. Right. So we need to pray. We really yeah. need to pray. Yeah. And we invite every single person to here come Tuesday and Wednesday to pray. Yeah. To pray. We need to sit in the presence of the Lord. We really do. We need to sit in the presence of the Lord. 
When you, if you come to a prayer meeting, no one's going to ask you to pray. You'll hear other people pray, and it'll teach you how to pray. It'll teach you how to yield your heart to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We pray Scripture. So when Scripture comes to our mind, God's watching over His Word to perform it, but He needs us to believe it and speak it. Yes. The Spirit of faith doesn't just believe, it speaks. Come on now. And God needs our prayers. He needs us to be praying for the lost in this city. The children that are caught in sex slavery and just yes. the corruption. It's going to go on. The spirits of darkness are, are greatly at work. We have to ask ourselves as a church, come on, people. We need to get together yeah. and stand against It's going to get worse, folks. But that's, again, if, if we know and stand for the truth, we do not despair. If we pray yeah. and if we're willing to love one another and to love others, Guess what? It's just what Pastor Mamie said. The reason, if we go through suffering and we do it well, guess what that does? That inspires everybody who watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what the Lord needs. He needs his people to give hope to people that are confused and hurting and broken. Yes. The world is confused, hurting, and broken. You can see it. And the gospel is the only thing that will change their life. That's it. It's a supernatural message. Yeah. And not just words. These are super, what you're listening to is a supernatural message. You have to open your heart up and hear it by faith. But sometimes people's hearts need a lot of prayer before they can even yeah. receive. So you pray, right. God, soften this person's heart. We lift up the people that we know are lost in our families. Work on their hearts. Soften their heart. Bring a laborer across yes. their path, Lord. Let them be. Let me be the one. We have to be praying. If we're not praying, zero is going to happen. And then we're going to wonder, what in the, why is the world getting so dark? And then when we stand before the Lord, he's going to say, I gave you everything. I gave you my spirit. I gave you my wisdom. I gave you my word. I gave you a safe church. I gave you people. What did you do? So let's just, let's just bow our heads. Because we want yeah. you to hear, well done, we good and faithful servant. And I know this message is challenging, but we need to be challenged. Yes. We need to be shaken. Shaken up a little bit so that the dross, <laughs> when things heat up, the dross, you know, burns off of the, of the metal so gold can appear. And we want that dross in our life, Lord. We want, we want to be purified. We yes. want to be refined like gold tried in the fire. This is what you've told us through First Peter all the way through. That we shouldn't be amazed. Why is this fiery trial happening? Mm -hmm. Lord, thank God the fiery trial isn't being thrown into a lion's den. But we have all have fiery trials of different kinds in our life. Help us, Lord, to let you use these things in our life. To refine us. To awaken us. That we would hear you calling us. I know you're yes. calling people right now. It's like the spirit and the bride are saying, Come. But the person who comes is the person who's thirsty. Are you thirsty for living water? Are you hungering for truth? Yes. He will fill. He says he will fill that person. He will give living water that comes from his throne. He will give food. He's the bread of life. Ask him. This is personal. It's a moment for you to just pause and ask him, Jesus, I want more of you. 
Jesus, forgive me for having mixed up priorities. Help me, Lord. Give me grace to follow you. Give me a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Help me, Lord. I want my life to be a testimony for you. I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do your thing. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, how kind you've been to us, how good you've been to us. Lord, we don't want to be people who waste our life on worthless things. Help us, Lord, to see, to rise up. You've given us your very righteousness. You've crowned us with dignity and worth. You call us your child. Help us, Lord, to walk in that identity, to be proud to walk in that identity, to say, teach me, Lord, about my identity. you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord. I ask you, Father, to unite our church around these truths that we see in your word that we preach today. Unite us, Lord. You've called us here for a time and purpose. I pray, Lord, that we would see the church as something very valuable to you and that we're each a part of. We are a part with gifts. May we each use them, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, He is the only way. It's not by how you feel. It's by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to pay your price, your sin debt. And the only way to get to heaven is to have those sins forgiven. And Jesus Christ, by the blood He shed, is the only way your sins will be forgiven you putting your trust and your faith in his finished work. If you're ready to surrender to him and have your sins forgiven and be called a child of the living God and walk in power and strength here on this earth right now through these difficult times, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it and we'll pray a prayer and you'll be born again right here on this, right here in this auditorium. I thank you, Father God, that your, your spirit is alive within us. And you're laying out a plan for our life and a pathway for us to achieve it. I ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes. Speak to us as we read your word. In Jesus' name.